But he says, now Love my soul troubled. You know that word trouble? He does not mean I'm, I'm fearful. He means I'm restless. I'm, he wanted to get it over with. He was ready to do it. He was ready to go. Why? Because he saw beyond that. Amen? And I, and I, and I, and I always turn to, to Hebrews chapter 12 when I think about that because, uh, and, and, and read in chapter 12 where the Bible says, that it says, look in chapter 12, verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He didn't like hanging there exposed naked before the world. He didn't, he didn't, he, that was not something that he looked forward to. Do. He despised that part. He despised, uh, he despised all of the, the uh, all of the, the, uh, the ugliness, the outward ugliness of it, but he went with joy because he saw beyond the cross. He saw what was on the other side of it, amen? And he said, he, he, for the joy that was set before him, not the cross was joyful, but, the, but the, the knowledge that on the other side of the cross so many would come to him and so many would believe on him. So I don't believe for one second that Jesus is fearful of going to Calvary. I, I don't believe that at all because... I mean, he understands. He's, he's, he's God. But he said, for this cause came I unto this hour. I'm here for this reason. This is why I came to begin with. In verse 28, he says, Father, glorify thy name. Then came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by heard it. They said it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And Jesus said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Now he's talking about when, he, when they put him on that cross, they nail his hands down to the cross, they nail that spike through his feet, and then they raise that cross up from the ground, and it thuds down into that hole they've dug, and his body shakes when, on the nails when, he, when that bottom of that cross hits the earth. They lifted him up, and, and again, they meant for it to be a humiliating spectacle. Here this man is, pinned to this cross, and there's nothing he can do, displayed before the world. But yet that cross became a throne, and that crown of thorns became a crown of glory. Amen? And what the world looked on and saw and mocked and, and spit and jeered at, we look back at and go thank God for the cross. Amen? To us, it's a glorious thing. To them, it's a mockery. This he said, signifying what death he should die as far as lifted up. And the people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? And they're referencing passages of the Scripture. I don't have time to go into all of that. But they're, they're trying to say, well, you know, the Bible says you're going to live forever. So how, how, they couldn't understand. They didn't get that he was going to die. Then Jesus said unto them, yet a little while is the light with you. And he's talking about himself. Walk while you have the light. Amen. That was last week. Walk while you have the light. Amen. That's a, that's a good message for everybody in here. We have the light. Amen. We know the truth. And so many, and we, you know, we're little kids, what we sing? 
this little light of mine. I'm going to let it. What's that other verse, though? Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Have you let it shine lately? That's a question I'd like to ask you. Have you let the light of the Lord shine? We hold this light. Amen? We carry it with us. Now, Jesus is saying to them, listen, I'm only here for a little bit longer. And he wasn't very, talking for very long at all. He's talking minutes. Amen? He's talking maybe an hour. I don't know how long this period of time was, but I know it's within the course of a day. He's saying, yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. So many people in this world just walking in darkness. They have no idea where they're going. That's why we call them lost. Amen? They don't know how to get to the light. You and I that have the light, we're to take the light to them, not expect them to find it. Amen? If I don't know where somewhere is, how am I going to get there? Unless I have directions. Amen? You and I have the directions. So we're to give it to them. We need to give it to them. They're not going to find Christ otherwise. The Bible says, For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may be the children of light. And I want you to understand this is the last thing that he said to them in regards to trying to bring them to salvation. The Bible says, These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. Now, we're going to look at verse 30, 37. We're going to look down to uh, we're going to look down to verse 41. All right, the Bible says, But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he had spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe because that Isaiah said again, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I come before you this morning and I ask you for your power. I ask you, Lord, to have mercy on us. Lord, I ask you to teach us, speak to us, pour out your grace, open our understanding, help us, Lord. Father, I pray for each and every one that's listening to us, Lord, over the Internet. Father, there may be lost people listening, Lord, this morning, seeking a gospel message. And, Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd give me the power, Lord, to preach just like you want me to preach. Say it just like you want it said. Lord, you know the folks in here, Father, according to their testimony, they're all believers. But, Father, Lord, we need, we need to remember, Lord, that, 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 that you, you, your message of salvation, we need to hear it again and again and again, even though we have it. Lord, it's, it's good for us to hear it again and again. It's good for us to understand what you're doing and what you have done. Lord, I, I know this is a hard message, but, Lord, I pray, Father, you give me the ability to preach it in a way, Lord, where it's easy to hear. Lord, I just ask you now, for Holy Ghost power, I ask you to cleanse me and fill me and use me, Lord, in spite of me. And I ask you blessing now on each and every one that hears in Jesus' name. Amen. 
really and truly, when I when I looked at this, studying this, and again, as we're going through this, it's not like I'm picking a message here and picking a message there. I'm just taking one after another. So you don't ever know what you. I mean, you know, the next one is just there. I mean, you got to find something. You got to preach something out of it, and uh, it can be a little bit of a challenge every now and then. Now, I want to tell you, this is hard stuff this morning. It's hard to get your mind around. We're going to deal with predestination. We're going to deal with foreknowledge. We're going to deal with, with a lot of things. But I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you before I start, I'm not a hyper-Calvinist. Never have been, never will be. Amen? But I do believe in a sovereign God. I, I believe in the free will of man. I believe in the sovereignty of God. And I believe that somewhere in the middle we sail between the two. Amen? You can't have one without the other. <clears throat> but God's patience ran out. God's patience runs out eventually. Amen? Now, what we're seeing right here, again, we're seeing the rejection of the Jews. And, again, it's, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around it, but we'll, we'll do our very best as we study this. But I, I, it made me think, as I was studying this, it made me think about John chapter 1, verse 11. The Bible said, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. What a heartbreaking heartbreaking thing that is but i have to think back god chose the jews for a reason he chose them because they were a hard-hearted and stiff-necked people god chose the jews because of that to prove that his grace was sufficient for anybody he picked some of the hardest most and i'm not picking on them amen if there's somebody listening to me i want you to know i ain't mad at you but but they are hard people to get through to amen and because of that, many, many, many did not believe. And they still do not believe. Matter of fact, if a, if a Jew today believes on Christ, their family will turn on them. I, I, met, I, have, I happened to meet a, a, a man once, uh, I think it was in 2007, we had a little conference over at our church in, in Paris, and, and there was a, a man who had been a, uh, he'd been a Jewish rabbi. And he just got curious, and he got the New Testament out, and he began to read. He said, I just found Jesus in there, and I couldn't deny him. And he believed on Christ, and again, he, he lost everything. He had to start completely over. Everybody in his life disowned him for Christ's sake. You and I don't have that hard trouble most of the time. Most of the time, when we get saved, there are other people around us who will encourage us. There are people who are already in our family who are saved. There are friends, acquaintances that are saved. But the Jews, they, they, they absolutely just rejected him completely. So we're going to get into this. We're going to look at it a little bit, and hopefully we get, we get a little better understanding. This is not going to be some earth-shattering message this morning. It's more of a teaching, uh, learning message than anything else. But, but the first thing I want us to see here is what the Bible says in verse 37 but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. What a heartbreaking statement. I mean, I know, I know it was heartbreaking to Jesus, even though he knew what was going to happen. Even though, even though, I mean, nobody knew the scriptures as well as Christ himself. I mean, he knew every prophecy there was about him, and he knew what was going to happen, yet it still was heartbreaking to him. If you want to think about it, listen, think about this. There were so many that just followed him in droves when he was giving the Sermon on the Mount. They came out in masses, 
I mean, anytime he would, he would, uh, anytime he was doing anything like uh, he was going to feed people or, or uh, I mean, they, people just brought the outcasts of society in droves to him. But as he began to teach, as he began to 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 make those make that uh, the lines narrower, it got a little harder to follow Jesus. They just began to fall off by the wayside. Over and over and over again, until over in where John six in John six sixty six, which I think is kind of ironic that it's six six six. Jesus looked at the twelve and he said to them, "Will ye also go away?" Kind of interesting. That's the scripture, isn't it? <coughs> it had to break broke the master's heart to see so many just turn and walk away from him. But he, the Bible said he did many miracles, many of them, great miracles, right in front of them. I mean, you think about it. He he opened blind eyes. He he, he unstopped deaf ears. He healed lepers. Uh, he raised the dead. I mean, he messed up some funerals. You think about the widow of Nain. I mean, she's taking her son to the graveyard. He totally messed that whole funeral up. Amen. Because that, that boy got up and went home with her. Amen. I mean, you think about the, the maniac of Gadara. I mean, everybody in the whole village was terrified of this man. And, and when Jesus left, the guy was an evangelist. He went off to be an evangelist and preach Christ. He did so many things. So many. And yet they couldn't see it. I mean, in some of the miracles, I mean, he repeated them again and again. There were undeniable proofs. They had, they could, they they could investigate. They did investigate. You know, they, they went after that one boy that was born blind, and and he went to his mom and daddy and said, "Go ask him. He's of age." I mean, they wanted, they were trying to check every detail out because they just their mind could not conceive that this man could truly do these things. And they just couldn't see that he was who he said he was. I mean, there was proof of his power. There's undeniable proof of his power. And not only that, these weren't miracles just to puff him up and put him on a pedestal. The miracles that Jesus did were mercy miracles. He had mercy on those who couldn't do a thing for themselves. And it was his love demonstrated. His love poured out to people when he, I mean, goodness gracious, what he's done in my life. I mean, if we, we took time and testified in here, I guarantee you there are people in here who can raise their hands and give testimony of how merciful and what miraculous work God has done in your life. There's no denying who he was, and yet they couldn't believe. They wouldn't believe. Not only did he do many miracles in front of them, but he did them openly. They weren't done at a distance. I mean, he didn't hide from them when he did his miracles. He did them right up close, right where they could see them, before many, many witnesses. But I'm going to tell you something. Miracles aren't enough to draw somebody to salvation. Amen. I, you know, I thought about this passage of Scripture over in, over in Luke. Let's see if I can find that real quick. I'm going to read that to you. I happened to think about this whenever whenever I was preparing over in Luke chapter 16. You know, there's a lot of people in this world, and I don't have to call all the denominational names, but y'all y'all have some of them in your mind. People that think, oh, you know, we're going to throw the we're going to throw the wheelchairs away, we're going to throw the crutches down, 
you know, and all these things going. They 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 having a, we having a healing service, you know, and all this. Listen, that ain't enough to draw somebody to get saved. In Luke chapter sixteen, verse twenty-seven, and following the story of of the rich man and Lazarus, and now the rich man's in hell, and he's having a conversation with Abraham, and he said. I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou would send him, Lazarus, to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Let them read the book. Let them read the word. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. Well, they didn't repent because of Lazarus, did they? No. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Miracles are not going to get it. You've got to believe what Christ has said. It's his word. His word is what has power. Amen? I work next to a guy at work, and, and uh, bless his heart, he's lost as he can be. Y'all need to pray for him. But uh, I just listened to him talk all week long, talk nonsense about God. And it's not even, none of it's any real. None of it's real. None of it makes any sense. I finally backed him up into a corner the other day. Poor fella didn't know what to do. Amen. He's either Jesus or nothing. He told me he didn't even have a Bible. Amen. He was, he was all about God. Listen, there's so many people think they know all about God because they think they've seen a miracle or they've witnessed this or they've witnessed that. Listen, if it ain't in this book, forget it. Amen? This book is truth. This book is life. <clears throat> but, again, miracles can't do it. <laughs> they couldn't prove Jesus to be a fraud. They tried to prove him to be a fraud, yet they, and, and they couldn't, but yet they despised him anyway. They just hated him. They saw it. They knew it was real. They witnessed it. Couldn't believe it. It didn't line up with their vision of the way things were supposed to be. They had, they had a mindset. They had an idea in their head of how the Messiah would be and what the Messiah would do, and a lot of it had to do with their own preconceived notions instead of the Word of God. And so because they had their mind made up, instead of submitting to God, they couldn't see what God had sent. And, I, and again, those, those two thoughts, they didn't believe and they couldn't believe. That's hard. They couldn't believe. That's, that one really, really gets to me. But we have to understand, this is a fulfillment of Scripture. Turn to Isaiah chapter 29. Isaiah chapter 29. Isaiah 29, look at verse 9. Again, this, this is a fulfillment of Scripture. The Bible says there in Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 9, the Bible says, Stay yourselves and wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep and hath closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, 
hath he covered. And the vision of all that is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, with which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he said, I'm not learned. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people, listen, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. See, not by, not by experience, just by what somebody said. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. God said, I'm going to hide it from them. This is scripture prophesied a long time before Jesus came on the scene. <clears throat> now look at Isaiah 53, verse 1. Isaiah 53, verse 1. The Bible said, To who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Who hath believed our report? What report is he talking about? He's talking about the gospel. Amen. The saving gospel message. And he's saying, this is prophecy of when Christ came. And, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a prophecy about exactly what we're talking about here today. He, they didn't believe. And so the prophet said, who hath believed our report? Who did? There wasn't many. Just a very hand, small handful. I mean, you think about it. How many were in that upper room? 120? Out of all that Jesus preached to? 120? That's not a very big group. For all the time, all the three and a half years he spent preaching and teaching all over Israel. But the gospel is called their report. Listen, it's your report too. Amen? You and I are reporters. I mean, we're reporters for God. We're here to report the things which we have seen and heard. Amen? Yeah. When you get up in the morning and go out about your day and go into your life and go out amongst people and see them, I mean, listen, you're not supposed to just roll through it, rolling along with whatever you got going on and whatever you're thinking about all day long. Our thoughts are to be on the Lord. Our thoughts are to be toward others. I mean, we're, we're to seek others good. We're to seek others uh, betterment. We're to seek others salvation. We're to care about somebody beside ourselves. It's our report, and we're to tell it. We are heralds of the gospel. We're not to change it. We're to go out and give it. Amen? He said, who hath believed our report? Who hath believed it? Well, it's prophesied again that very few will believe it. Amen. That's why it says that. Who hath believed? Because nobody they didn't they didn't. In Matthew chapter twenty two, we'll turn over there. It's kind of like a Bible drill this morning. Matthew chapter twenty two. Matthew twenty two, fourteen. I'll just read it to you. The Bible says, 
Many are called, but few are chosen. You think for one second that Jesus didn't want all those people to be saved that he preached to? Of course he did. The Bible says God's not willing that any should perish. Now, the Bible can't say that God is, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance if he didn't mean it. God wanted them all to be saved. You say, well, there's a contradiction there because here he says, you know, he's going to blind their eyes. And he's going to make it so they can't understand. And again, that goes back into the sovereignty of God. This goes back into God knowing what was going to happen before it happened. Because he's God, because he's all-knowing, because back before he ever created man, he knew every scenario that ever would take place in the history of this creation that he made. And that's how he was able to say this so far back. <clears throat> the arm of the Lord was not revealed to them. To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? It wasn't revealed to them. They couldn't understand it. They couldn't see it. Their minds were blinded. Well, who were their minds blinded with? Their minds were blinded with pride. Their minds were blinded with self-importance. They thought, listen, they had taken what God had given them and they had corrupted it so that it didn't even resemble what God had given them to begin with. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and their oral traditions had been so mixed in, it was nowhere close to what it was intended to be. They couldn't believe. Verse 39 says that. Verse 39 tells us that they could not believe. And the reason they couldn't believe was, as the Bible says, because Isaiah had said it before. Amen? said, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, and they could not believe. That, that could not, let me tell you what that, that it says they could not, but they would not. That's why they could not, because they would not. And it's not that God, I want you to understand something, it's not that God looked forward into, the, into history and he said, you know, those people up there, I'm not going to give them a chance to believe. I'm not going to let them believe at all. There's no way. I'm blocking their understanding and blocking their vision. I'm going to do that so that they'll never have a chance. Listen, I don't believe for one second that there ever be a soul who will look out of hell and say, God, I wanted to be saved, but you wouldn't save me. You didn't give me an opportunity to be saved. Now, the Bible tells us that's not so. Amen? God couldn't, God couldn't want every man in the world to repent if you wouldn't give him a chance to repent. So we can't look at God and say, God, you're being unjust, or God, you're being unfair to these people because you wouldn't let them see and you wouldn't let them understand. But God, again, God in his foreknowledge sees these people before they ever come along, and all he does is prophesy what's going to happen about them. The Bible said they would not. <clears throat> God's still just, even though we can't understand every way it works sometimes. I want you to understand that. Just because we don't get how he does it and why he does it, it doesn't mean that God's not just. Oh, he's right in all his ways. But the Bible says he blinded their eyes. He blinded their eyes. In Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13 and verse 13.
Jesus said, therefore, speak I to them in parables. Because seeing, because they seeing, see not. And hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. That's why he, that's why he used those parables. He, he knew there was a crowd there that wouldn't get it. He said, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, by hearing ye shall hear and, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. He didn't say he closed them. He said they closed them. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. See, God wanted to heal them. God wanted to convert them. God wanted to save them. But they didn't want him. And because of that, God made it so they wouldn't. Amen? Now turn to Romans 11. Romans 11. Y'all going to have your Bible study in before the week's over. Amen? Get it this morning. Romans chapter 11, we're going to look at verses 1 through 12 here. Again, he had blinded their eyes. Romans 11, verse 1 and following. I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. Paul said, For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. Watch ye not what the Scripture saith of Elijah? how that he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and digged down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time, also is there a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then is it no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then is it no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Now look in verse 7. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it. For the rest were blinded. Do you see that? According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David saith, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Now if the fall of them be the riches of this world and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. All right, so all this took place so the gospel came to us. So we can rejoice in that fact. Amen? But it's heartbreaking to know that, that the Jews absolutely rejected him and they threw him away. They didn't want him. They, he was garbage to them. And God looked at that and God said, okay, if, if he's not worth anything to you, then you're not going to ever have him. Amen? I want you to understand that God is sovereign. God's loving. God is merciful. God is tender. God is patient. He's long-suffering. But God is also just. 
And God also has a limit, and God also has a, has a cutoff point. So I say this, don't persist in unbelief. Because God has a time when his patience runs out. I mean, all we have to do is look at our text. All we have to do is look. Jesus said, yet a little while. Yet a little while is the light with you. He's telling them, look, I'm here. I'm shining. I'm here. Can you see me? Walk while you have light. He's pleading with them. Walk while you have light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goes. He's warning them, if you don't see me, you're never going to see anything that's true. You're never going to know anything that's right, and you're never going to have any hope. While you have light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of light. Again, that's his, that's his last extended invitation to them. You know, I, I, I think about over in Proverbs chapter 1 where God gets enough and he expresses it. In Proverbs chapter 1, beginning verse 24, I'm, let's see. Yeah, verse 24. He says, because I've called and you refused. I've stretched out my hand, but no man regarded but ye have said it not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. You hear that? God gets enough. You wouldn't listen. You mocked me. You turned your back on me. You wanted nothing to do. Well, now you're in trouble. Well, I'm going to laugh at you. You say, that's hard. No, it's just. It's just. He offered them he offered them to escape damnation. He offered them to escape uh, punishment forever. He offered them a way out. He gave them an open door, and they slammed it back in his face and said, we don't want it. We reject it. He said, because you said it not all my counsel. He said, I'll laugh at your calamity. I'll laugh when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then shall they call upon me, but I'll not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. When, for that they hated knowledge, they did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. We don't want God telling us we're wrong. Oh, that's the world today. That's, that's the attitude of this world we live in. Don't tell me I'm wrong. I'm right because I say so. Because this is my life, and it's my world, and I'm living in it. That's the attitude of people today that don't know Christ. That's the attitude of this young generation coming up, the, the millennial generation, and I'm not knocking anybody for being that. I'm just trying to say I work around them, I listen to them talk, and they think they know everything. And it's so hard to get through to them that they need Jesus. And it's not impossible but it's hard to get through to them because they hated knowledge, the Bible said, and they did not choose the fear of the Lord. 
They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. We need to see people saved, folks. I'm telling you right now, we're, we're, we're letting time slip away from us. We're wasting millions of chances that God's putting in front of us. So many people need to hear that Christ died for their sins. So many people. I saw a little image somebody had put on Facebook the other day. It was this, this hole, and it was just people just constantly falling into it. It was just people rushing into this hole. It was just a just a hole opened up in something. It was just a little image somebody had made, but it was so powerful to see all those people just going right into that hole. And I just think to myself, that's the way people are spilling into hell faster than you can ever imagine. And you and I have the cure. We have the preventative cure. <clears throat> but again... Don't, don't People should not persist in unbelief. It's no good going to come out of it. See, God brings sinners to see. He does. Thank God we're able to see. I'll never forget the night when I first was able to see, when the Holy Spirit of God dealt with me, when he began to speak to me about my sin, and he began to reveal to me what I was and who I was and how I had no standing before God. And when I saw that, it terrified me. I don't know how it was with you, but conviction terrified me. I saw where I was before God. God wants them to see. He brings them to see with their eyes. Amen? Look over in Romans 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible said, For the, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. I wonder how many Bibles there are in America today. My goodness, we probably have more Bibles in America than any other nation on the face of the earth. I mean, there's probably Bibles in homes of lost people that they don't even remember they're there. Somebody brought one in or somebody died and left one there. I mean, these people got Bibles everywhere. We hold the truth, amen? If there's ever been a nation who had the truth, we have the truth. We hold it, the Bible says, they hold it in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God, listen, is manifesting. God has showed himself to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, oh, wait a minute, those Jews had a temple built to God. They went in and called themselves worshiping God. The Pharisees had little phylacteries, little boxes tied to their forehead with scriptures that God had given on their forehead. But yet they didn't understand who he was. 
They 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 were ever seeing but couldn't see. But God brings sinners to see. He wants us to see. He said, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Listen to this. Professing themselves to be wise. They said, oh, look at us. We know a lot. We've got it all figured out. We're wise. We, we know. We, we, listen, we know more than, than, than you do. And that's what, they, that's what they basically was trying to say to Jesus. We know more than you do. We know God better than you do. They had no idea they were speaking to God. I, I, I mentioned the guy I work with, the guy who told me that uh, he didn't even have a Bible, but he was close to God. I said, you can't talk to God. I mean, you can't, you can't know God without his word. He said, oh, I'll just let the universe speak to me. I said, what does that mean? I said, it's a creation. How does it speak? And when I, when I thought about I, I thought about this, this verse right here. They changed the glory of an uncorruptible God into the image made like to corruptible man. In other words, man's his own God. And to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. They worship the creature. In verse 25 it says, they worship and serve the creature more than the creator. These people in this world, they, 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 they think they know God, but they have no idea because they reject his truth. They reject the light. See, he brings them to see. God brings sinners not only to see, but he brings them to understand with their heart. And not, not just to give mental assent to the truth that he gives, but he wants them to claim it. He wants them to accept it for themselves. He wants them to consent to it. He wants them to bow to it. Not to just say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know all that. There's lots of people who say that. You try to tell them about Jesus, oh, yeah, yeah, I know all that. I know all about that, but yet they don't. See, when somebody knows the truth, the truth set them free. The truth will change them. Amen? It'll change everything about you. Amen? God brings them to be converted. God wants us to be different. Amen. God wants us, God wants us humbly to, to, to submit ourselves to him. God wants us to bow before him. God wants us to say, Lord, whatever your will is, that's what I want to do. Whatever it is in this life you have for me. I mean, I think, I think if we just be honest for a second, God, if, if God can, can, can bring all these prophecies to pass, in Christ, God can take you and I and design a little plan for our life. And I believe his plan's better than mine and yours. And I believe his plan will glorify his son all the way home. If we'll follow God's will, we'll find success in this life. It may not be success by man's standard, but it'll certainly be success when we get to the other side. Again, he wants them to be converted. He wants us turned from sin Christ, a new creature in Christ Jesus. And lastly, let me say to you this, God wants them healed. Romans 8, 28, y'all know what it says. Beginning there, it says, and we know that God, we know that all things work together for good. 
to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And again, we're talking about him blinding eyes, and we're talking about him blinding understanding. Why? The Bible said, for whom he did foreknow. You say, well, who did he foreknow? He, amongst them Jews, there were some that got saved. God knew those were going to get saved. God knew Nicodemus would get saved. He knew that Joseph of Arimathea, listen, we didn't talk about those scriptures, that's next week, but listen, they, 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 came, out of that, they came out of that group. They were, they were amongst, the, they were amongst the, the, the elite in the temple. I mean, they were the upper crust. They had a lot to lose by believing on Christ, and yet they did. Those were the two that took him down from the cross. But they were secret disciples. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate. Back before I was ever even thought of, before my great-great-granddaddy was ever thought of, God knew me. He knew me before there was ever, before he ever said, let there be light, and there was light. God knew me. God knew you. And he knew in his foreknowledge that somewhere down the road here when we got born into this world, eventually we were going to come across the gospel, and when we saw it, we would believe, we would respond to the Holy Ghost conviction, and we would accept, believe, and trust and depend on Christ as our Savior. That's foreknowledge. That's all that is. God knew ahead of time. And because God knew ahead of time, he predestinated us to be conformed. He had a plan for us to be like Jesus. You say, what about them others? Well, God foreknew in his knowledge that they would never believe, that they would reject Christ, that they would reject revealed light, that they would say, I don't want that. We don't want this man to rule over us. We've got our own way. We've got our own God. We've got our own plan. We don't need this. Verse 30 said, Moreover, whom he did predestinate them, he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. You see, that's part of God's plan. He justifies. He heals. That, listen, justified. I love that word because it's just as if I'd never sinned. Amen? Because the blood washes it all away. The blood makes me whole. The blood cleanses me of every spot and stain. Amen? He makes me just as if I had never sinned the very first time. Like I said, when God looks down, he doesn't see me. He sees the righteousness of Christ that covers me. Amen? The Bible says, "In whom he justified them, he also glorified. Well, that's coming. Amen? Hadn't got there yet, but that's coming. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? See, God's such a loving God. God's such a giving God. God wants to bless. God wants to pour out his mercy. God wants to pour out his grace. 
But I can tell you when somebody doesn't want it and somebody rejects it, God's not going to beg and plead and beg and plead and beg and plead forever. God will say, okay, you don't want it. There's somebody that does. But what a merciful God that he offered it to them anyway. Amen? Amen. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Amen. I just want to read verse 35 before we go home. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword I like verse 37. Nay, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. I'm thankful that I'm saved today. I'm thankful that when... And listen, I, it's, it's nothing for me to brag about. It's all him. But when he came to me and he showed me that I was lost, I thank God I didn't throw the light away. Aren't you glad you didn't? Aren't you glad that God doesn't laugh at you? Aren't you glad he doesn't mock you when your calamity comes, that he loves you and he's merciful to you? Thank God we believed the truth. Amen. There's so many others out there who will believe. They just need somebody to tell them. And I urge you today, have that on your mind. There's going to come a day when they won't listen. So now, while there's still time, tell them that Jesus has died for them. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. <laughs> Father in heaven, Lord, we love you so much. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for the salvation through the blood of Jesus. If the vilest sinner, Lord, will come to you in repentance and faith, believing that Jesus has shed his blood on Calvary, died and was risen from the grave to pay their sin debt, Lord, I thank you so much that salvation can be had by believing and trusting in what he's done. And, Father, we just give you glory today for, for a sinner somewhere who comes and kneels before, before you and, and believes on Christ. And, Father, we just give you glory. And, Father, we pray that you help each and every one of us, Lord, to, to, to share that report that God is in the business of saving sinners through Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, what a glorious thing to be a child of the King. And we'll give you the glory and praise. In Christ's name, amen. Sister, if you want to come, Lucas, you want to come to the invitation?
But what, what we ought not do is say, well, you know, I read this. I did my daily Bible reading, mm-hmm. close and go on and stay the same. Yep. So hey, you do, uh, do as God says in your life. We'll sing him 401 if you want to sing along. Uh, the invitation is open. If you uh, would like to pray, uh, of course, uh, for yourself, you do that. If you want to pray for others, you do that. If you want someone to pray with you, I'll pray with you also. But him 401, uh, let's sing. Every soul by sin oppressed, there's mercy with the Lord, and he will surely give you rest by trusting in his word. Only trust him, only trust him, only trust him now. He will save you, he will save you, he will save you now. Jesus shed his precious blood, rich blessings to bestow. Plunge now into the crimson flood that washes white as snow. Only trust him, only trust him, only trust him now. He will save you, he will save you, he will save you now. All right, thank you, Mr. Webb. I'm trying to help illustrate this. Have you ever tried to help someone? And... Help them and help them and help them. Uh, you know, but they don't really seem to appreciate the help or even, uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe do what you suggest. And it just maybe seems to go in one ear and out the other. You say, yes, Brother Lucas, I've had kids before. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, you try and try and try. <clears throat> and uh, then at some point, you just have this feeling, man, it's no use. You know, I keep telling, I keep trying, I keep, uh, you know, and, and you get to that point, it's no use. He said, you know, God has that point. Mm-hmm. And, we can, and, and we can say with our limited understanding, we, we think there's no use, but God actually knows because he's omniscient. Amen. So uh, do keep that in mind that you know, the admonitions of the Lord, heed them. Mm-hmm. Heed them. You never want God to just throw his hands up and say, all right, fine. I'm just going to let you go whatever direction you're going. Mm-hmm. He'll let you rest. And don't ever forget that young man that was in that Corinthian church where Paul said, turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Even though he was a saved man, he was living like a lost man. They said, get him out of here lest he corrupt the rest of them. He wasn't lost, but he sure wasn't going to be a miserable man. Amen. Well, uh, don't forget services tonight, 6 o'clock. Uh, Brandon won't be here tonight. He'll be hearing me tonight. And I uh, hope you come back 6 o'clock for that. And uh, I don't believe there's any other announcements. Uh, as far as that, I appreciate Brandon coming. He's yes, still in for me. Uh, times when I've been gone, 
but he did express interest uh, to be considered uh, for this position for this church. So we had him come today, uh, more in, a, in an official capacity as a candidate. And uh, we'll be praying for God's leadership uh, as to who we will choose uh, after after I'm gone. So do me in prayer about that uh, always, and uh, pray for God's leading, and that we would we would listen and of course make that right choice. Amen. Well, uh, I'll pray for us and. We'll